Okay, here we go, Mike Moore. We're back in the studio. You were complaining a little earlier about the studio. You don't like the new studio, no. but no. Uh, it's a studio. It's a studio. And this, I'm comfortable. This is our first episode with just me and you. In the studio. No. Well, maybe that. But we're I was going to say stu- for, for this new season. But we're in the studio. In the studio. <laughs> Did you know this is season seven? Meaning you've been doing this for, I think, seven years. Is it true? Yeah, I remember those old days, but we don't want to talk about the old days. Nope. We want to look forward to the new days. Uh, so here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Theology on Mission podcast, where theology meets the questions of mission for the kingdom of God. And we do talk a lot about cultural issues and ecclesiology here, too. Isn't that right, Mike Moore? That's right. I see you've got a whole bunch of books up there. Uh, Northern Seminary has been shrinking their library and going to a digital library process. Uh, It's the new thing, you know, everybody's talking about it. I know. Uh, Digital libraries. uh, uh, I'm an old... I don't don't like change. (laughs) I do like paper books. I still read paper books. Likewise. As the seminary library has shrunk, mine has grown <laughs> exponentially. Yours and I a mean lot of other people as well. <clears throat> it's yeah. great. Well, ladies and gentlemen, here we are. Uh, Mike Moore says it's season seven. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been a little bit out of commission. I've been out of commission. Right. We had Mike uh, Gorman here for mm-hmm. the lectures, Theology and Mission Lectures. If you missed them, folks, you don't know what you missed. But it's uh, you did uh, you in, imported them into our, yep. our uh, what? Our podcast. Yeah, we've had a lot of people email me asking for the um, PowerPoint presentation that he did. And this has been really fun because I I don't know who listens to this show, but it's pretty cool to see. We have a couple people from Scotland, had somebody from Japan, somebody from Australia, somebody from Italy who all listen to this show. Wow. I know. Wow. You you know, evidently, Mike Moore, you have a global pull. Uh, No, well, I don't, I I wouldn't say me, but. Wow. It's kind of fun to interact with people who listen to this show. So thanks for listening. Yeah. But anyways, uh, you know, it's October. It's been busy. You and I haven't gotten to the task here, but we've always got a lot to talk about. And so today I'd like to talk about the subject matter of the practice of conversation. Mm Mm-hmm how important it is. It is a practice. Um, it's not one of the seven practices that I highlighted in my own book, Faithful Presence, but in reality, good conversations happen in every one of those practices. Hmm. Um, and so, um, I don't know. Uh, let me just start out by saying I was in class <clears throat> this quarter we teach, we're teaching sexual ethics, and all of the assumptions, frameworks, drivers behind the idea of gender and the gender constructs of our time, attraction and the attraction constructs of our time, all for the purpose of being able to unwind antagonisms, uh, assumptions, things that we're getting kind of ensconced in, that's a ideological mm-hmm. word that we're not aware of, for the purpose of opening space for God to work in people's lives. And in order to do that, Mike Moore, yes, we got to have places of conversation. Yeah. Now, 
I said to sexual ethics class when I, I, I can't remember exactly what brought it up, but I said, oh, I need to make this clear because I am assuming that social spaces for conversation is an integral part of your ecclesiology. Okay. The church is not just going to church on Sunday, meaning a gathering of worship and preaching and and prayer and singing, which all is important in centering us mm-hmm. into the person and work of Jesus Christ and his work in the world, but it's more than that. It's places of conversation. Yes. yes. And uh, I was shocked that I, well, if anyone's here listening to this from the class, I was kind of like jolted that I had to actually make that case because I'm so used to thinking about church this way. Church as um, including places where you have conversation. Right. I I don't think discipleship can happen without social spaces of conversation. Hmm. And I don't think uh, evangelism or mission can happen without social spaces Mm -hmm. of conversation. Yeah. So if all you do as a Christian is, quote, go to church, sit in a pew or a chair, listen Mm -hmm. to a, I don't know, a sermon. Right. And sing and then go home. In my opinion, you haven't yet done church. And you would say the same thing with just reading your Bible in the morning or just listening to a podcast or just listening to worship music in the car. Absolutely. So in uh, in your churches where you've been in your lifetime. Yes. And you're not I hear you're hitting going to hit a milestone. Oh, what's that? Age-wise. <laughs> we were talking about it before the I, podcast. I got I got 18 months. I got 18 months. Okay, so you're not 40. exactly a young man. That's right. You've been around a little bit in your history of church. Yes. Where were the most predominant spaces of conversation? Oh, good question. Um, always in the household, in the home. We have a little missional community that meets in our house. We met last night. It always, like, you know, we start at seven. I'm always like, oh, we're going to get done at nine. It always goes till 10, but it's always really good because there's a, a long, rich tradition we have there for the last three, four years of just having conversation. Um, so I think about the household. Uh, the other thing I think about- When you say household, you're not talking about the nuclear family household, are you? Yeah, I guess I'm using it like in a biblical sense, like oikos. Um, Aha. But yeah, I say household as like a ne- network of relationships. We'll say that. Yeah. Something else I thought of, and this is probably not where you're going, but um, do you ever do retreats, like church retreats? Yes. And the, the reason I bring that up is because- we're getting a group of people together and we're going someplace without a schedule, without a program, but where we can get what I call quote unquote off stage. Like, like there's nothing that's programmed. It's off stage. It's just kind of like being in each other's space so we can build a relationship. That's the most important place for me is those off stage moments. So I think about retreats and households. Yes. Yes. No, we have retreats at our church, but I don't plan them. And, and uh, so uh, uh, I think those who do, and I'm not always, uh, one of those people that loves those kind of retreats. Oh, really? Well, I'm sorry, but um, you like your space. I have felt really over busy lately, mm-hmm. and the, I don't, you know. Oh, are we really going to spend two days 
Friday, Saturday, half a Sunday. Yeah. Okay. But I, I must admit, yeah. if I can uh, allow Jesus the space, those are awesome places. Yes. So forgive me for all those people out there planning retreats. I need to uh, be a better <laughs> retreat person. But okay, this gets back to my... Uh, uh, my emphasis in ecclesiology, that yeah. the church is not just one circle on Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. It's a dotted circle in the neighborhood where we gather around tables and we have conversation. Or we meet uh, in other places, uh, not just in the home, but in the garden or a garden club. Or, uh, yeah. uh, By the way, I'm thinking about joining um, a very social space, uh, hmm. uh, the, the Westmont Racquet Club. Oh, yeah. Uh, like pickleball? Um, no, no, I'm not going to be doing pickleball. You know, I've got a knee surgery, yeah, yeah. a meniscus tear that I got to rehab, and winter's coming. I have got to get to some place and work three or four times a week okay. on this knee. Anyways, but these are places of conversation. Yeah. Even if there's not all Christians there, if there's two yeah. or three and we invite others, this is where evangelism and mission mm -hmm. come into play. So it's three circles, not one. Yep. Okay, now I would like... Hold on a second. <coughs> hey, you and me both. Get, Press I, that cough button. <coughs> yes. Um, <laughs> I would like to talk about how the practice of conversation. I really think this is important. Um, and, and John Howard Yoder, who is a troubled figure, mm -hmm. and we need to read him carefully, uh, in his book, Body Politics, talks about the rule yep. of Paul, uh, drawing from 1 Corinthians 14. I'm going to expand on that and develop that a little bit more. But our buddy Chris Smith, he yeah. has a, a book, How the Body, How the body Talks. talks. Right. Remember we had him on the show? I remember we had him twice because the first time it didn't record, but yes. yeah, Which was all... <laughs> your fault no i don't know why we got to cast blame uh, uh, but yeah, uh, okay. yes it was <laughs> <laughs> well uh, folks uh i don't have anything to do with the technology and the operation here so forgive me for casting blame on on mike moore that was i repent okay i should be much more gracious than that but let's look at the practice of conversation okay i want to contest no i don't want to contest i want to contend mm -hmm. that conversation has four parts First of all, invocation or, uh, you know, thanksgiving or some kind of prep preparation for the conversation that recognizes Jesus is present in this yeah. place. In 1 Corinthians 14, it's, it's clear that this is a spirit-filled meeting that there is expectation that the spirit is working through the gifts and, and Paul's of course chastising them for uh, getting too excited about the speaking in tongues over right, the gift right. of prophecy over whatever. Um, but the point is that this, there's an expectation that hmm. the spirit is at work. Hmm. And so I, I say, you know, when we gather in our <clears throat> home, we gather and with a prayer, um, Epiclesis is the priestly prayer before the Eucharist uh, become for the body before the bread and wine become the body and blood. Right, I think that's in the Eastern Orthodox liturgy, um, and uh, so we pray, we invoke, we invite the Spirit yeah. to be present, mm -hmm. and that we will be tending to the presence 
of his presence in the other person. This changes the way we engage. And we thank God. We open up our lives to receive from him in this conversation. I think that is so important around our tables, but also when we go to the bar or we go to the health club or we go to the homeless shelter or we go to be among the poor. God, be present by your spirit in this place. Now, I don't, yeah. when I go to the bar, I don't like get up, stand on up stool and do that. And no, raise my hand That's and interesting. invoke the spirit. But I say it in turn inside. I <laughs> say that prayer. So I think that's really important. To st- that's step number one in a in opening space for a good conversation. Do you have yeah. any comments on that, Mike? Oh, just cl- just clarifying. So, and you're using First Corinthians 14. Yeah, kind of the boilerplate for. It's n- it's not a clear plate, but, boilerplate, okay. but it does, you know, do all things decently and in order is kind of Paul's statement there in yes. First Corinthians 14. But it, it's kind of like a hodgepodge mess. Yeah. Of a of a conversation. I just yeah. I, I just want to point people to the to the right scripture passage. So if you're listening, okay. So invocation first. Next step. Yes. Listening. Listening. So uh, at at our house group, it's the wine hour. That's the listening hour. Yeah. We 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 have a glass of wine. You ever notice how wine? It does something to you. It chills. It chills. Yeah. You. Now you don't want to have too much wine. The, but this is after the meal, no, during the meal. No, this <clears throat> is right off. Okay. Wine and yeah. Okay, yeah. We're eating. Yes. Uh, in yes. a house group, we're eating. Yep. Uh, at the bar, let's say I go to be present with yep. lost people. We're drinking a, a light beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So we are. There is some beverage or eating going on. Right. But, but we're listening. We are submitting to what's going on in this place. In 1 Corinthians 14, it's a big theme there that everyone has a voice. Don't talk over one another. If three people are prophesying, don't do it all at the same time. Duh, Mm -hmm. so that we can listen. If you're speaking in tongues, do not do it as as an episode of self-importance and look at me. You right. do it all things for the edification of one another, but in that is listening. Mm-hmm. The assumption is listen to one another. Um, I think we've lost this skill in our culture because it does take some chilling out wine, if you want. Yeah, yeah. The wine effect. <laughs> Get over yourself. Put your attention onto the Holy Spirit and what he's doing in this place. Listen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Comments? Huh. I'm just, I, my mind's going to to our gathering last night. And? I'm just thinking through how we do some of this. Was there listening? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it. Did you have wine? Um, We did not have wine. Did you have beer? We, we didn't have beer either. We had some. What is there, going <laughs> on here? <laughs> there were some. La, there were some Lacroix. It just depends on what people bring. Lacroix. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, is that I, a French word for Lacroix? <laughs> <laughs> but I. But what what I find because you're talking about listening, I'm pretty pragmatic. So you're just talking about listening in the conversation, or is this like a guided conversation, or are, are we just like kind of shooting? You know, shooting the stuff. We are asking each other with interest, how are you doing? Yeah. 
I see. Uh, you're you're checking in. Like I always say, um, if someone's talking too much, ask a question. In fact, you probably shouldn't talk unless yeah. you're asked a question, <clears throat> unless you're prompted. Otherwise, listen mm-hmm. and ask a question. Mm-hmm. How was your week? In regard to that thing we talked about last week, yeah, what happened this week? How is how did you uh, resolve that problem or that? Just mm-hmm. checking in, where are you at? Listening, yeah, tending to what's going on in people's lives. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think we have this. We have a little bit of a pattern um, where we do the invocation, but then we also have. It's just more of like a festive experience around the table. Like it's a lot of banter. It's a lot of joking. It's a lot of kind of, you know, making fun of each other in good spirit though. uh, And just kind of having fun. Yeah. Well, um, okay. Um, I must say I'm a little worried right now. (laughs) We get to the listening part, but it's normally after the, after the meal. Yeah. I, I don't really, uh, have a problem with joking as Mm -hmm. long as it doesn't turn into drawing an immense amount of attention and putting on a show for myself. Then it's no longer listening. It's no longer an arena of the spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it turns into babble. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And um, I think Christians, when we get together, or Christians, when we enter into the world, have to learn how to take our attention off of ourselves mm-hmm. and put it on to the other person. And I think it's, I think it's the magic sauce. Yeah, I think when, like, I think when somebody like like the bar I go to is mayhem. Mm-hmm. It's an ecology of people's lives going through struggle. And it's a lot of moving around, busyness and posturing. And if I just sit there and I say to myself, Lord, be present here in this place and help me to tend to what you're doing in this other person. And I cast my attention onto that person. It's it's magic. People don't experience it. They don't know what to do with it. They go, you actually care about me. You're actually listening to me. You actually want to know what's going on in my life. Right, right. And that opens space for the gospel. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. And we need that. So I got to tell you, it's been a rough couple of weeks. Uh, We had a tough, tough loss in our church. Yeah. Um, There's been a lot of stuff going on. I was running on low fumes mm-hmm. just being at my house gathering last night and being there and known. And the eyes that are looking on me are looking on me with their attention and their love mm-hmm. and their just their presence. Yeah. Oh, man. Mm. Oh, did I get centered Yes, and uh, I, no, I no longer felt alone mm-hmm. in the struggles, and I felt after. And, and then, of course, as I'll go, we discerned and prayed as well. Yes, and such a life-giving, encouraging hmm. space hmm. for me. Uh, what? What? Wait, today's Tuesday uh, on Sunday night. It's okay. I was tracking with you. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so we got invocation. We got listening. 
The, then we move in our house gathering from wine to coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's in the evening, people sometimes insist on decaf coffee. Okay. I prefer caffeinated Before you coffee. go to bed? It's like 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock in the evening. Oh, okay. And, and frankly, caffeine <laughs> doesn't bother me that much. And frankly, not. I need a little more, you know, just maybe, oh, um, a little pick-me-up. Pick mm-hmm. And so uh, here in the, the discerning time, you know, remember uh, in 1 Corinthians 14, uh, there's an amen. Yeah. Paul's asking, if you don't do this, can you hear the amen? Can you hear amen. the affirmation? Yes. Or uh, when when uh, somebody speaks prophecy, can you understand it and receive it? Mm-hmm. Uh, these, so we're discerning by the gifts of the Holy Spirit something in our lives. The way our house gathering um, starts, uh, the discernment hour is, and by the way, we sometimes call it the adult talk hour. Mm-hmm. So the kids go downstairs, do play, depending on how old. If they're teenagers and they're approaching, you know, well into their teenage years, they are welcome to stay during the discernment hour. But sometimes the conversation can turn very serious. Sure. And we're discerning our lives together. Hmm. And it usually starts with a question, you know. Um, When you struggle, like let's say the sermon. The sermon was... Uh, I preached the sermon this Sunday, okay. so I remember it. Uh, <laughs> the there. sermon was about uh, how in our neighborly react uh, interactions, the smallest of ways, God works. God's calling us to be present to our neighbors, okay? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, it's out of Deuteronomy, by the way. We're going through Deuteronomy at our church, okay. which is, frankly, a challenge. Yeah, I, I imagine but I won't go into it right now. Maybe we can have a podcast on how to preach the Deuteronomy. <laughs> but um, all this to say, um, you know, so the question would be, when have you had a small interaction, a smile, uh, a presence with one of your neighbors, and how has God used that? Hmm. And then we'll talk about struggles with uh, being present to oh, uh, Harriet yeah, yeah, yeah. Behind, the, yeah. behind the alley or, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, <laughs> Nancy across the street or this person up the block who hates my guts because yeah. uh, no, I, I actually don't have anybody on my block who hates my guts. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> uh, and, 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 but we have, we have neighbors and, and we're praying for our neighbors. Right. So right. anyways, discernment, it could be anything about how do you meet challenges yeah, when yeah, you yeah. go through suffering. Yeah. That's been a big deal in our church the last couple mm. of weeks. Mm. You know, and we sort things out. Okay, now you're going through a suffering. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, I'll talk about when I last suffered. What happened? How did I manage? How did I walk through that? That's discipleship. That's mm-hmm, discernment. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of thing that goes on in that second hour the, called the coffee hour. But also it happens just about every place where we have conversations. It moves yeah. from invocation, listening, to discerning mm-hmm. that's step three in a hmm. conversation hmm. we we do something similar um s- similar but different i can tell you what i d- did last night so after we've had invocation we have a meal time we gather in the living room um and we frame a question but we always frame it in light of scripture so we read from uh matthew uh the story of uh, Jairus coming to Jesus, and then you know it, it's an interpolation. So 
the woman who's bleeding, you know, touches Jesus's garment. Then he goes to uh, the daughter. Did, did you mean interpolation? Isn't that what that, I said? That's an Althusser ideological word. I think interpolation is when you have uh, a story inserted in another story in the Bible, oh, isn't it? It's also a technical. Okay, go oh, on. Okay, go interesting. On. Go on. Go on. Um, so anyhow, all this to say, I uh, um, I asked the question when they go to Jesus, they're asking Jesus to do something for them which they cannot do for themselves, you know, to be healed. So, f- what are you bringing to the Lord today that you need Him to do that you cannot do for yourself? And then, Ooh. and then, and then we we discern that. So everybody talks yes. about it. Then we ask questions, probing questions, curious questions, compassionate yes. questions. Yes, and I, I do believe <clears throat> that we need places of conversation to ask questions. Yeah, yeah. In, in sexual ethics class, we're talking about all the questions that never get asked, mm-hmm. all the assumptions that That's we good. just assume that yeah. we never ask. And we must have these gracious spaces to hear and listen mm-hmm. all of the struggles, the pains, the abuses regarding sexuality. It's so yeah. driving our culture. And yet, and this is where people misunderstand me, hmm. all we want to do is affirm or not affirm. Right. We don't want to get down to the deep... Um, um, chaos and struggle and pains and hurts mm-hmm. and abuses. And if the church never does it, we're never going to know how our own frameworks have right. so have so totally yeah um, messed up. Yeah, become people. captive. Yep, and we're never going to get anywhere. So these places of conversation where we ask questions have to. We have to cultivate these spaces in the church if we're going to engage the struggles of our times. I'm not just talking sexuality. I'm talking racism. Right. I'm talking socioeconomics. Yep. I'm talking brokenness in our work lives. Mm-hmm. You know, I could go on Families, and on and on. Yeah. yeah. This is where God wants to work. That's good. That's the third part. All right. The last part is we always go to prayer. We submit mm-hmm. all things to God in prayer. Yeah. Communal prayer is central. So when the kids come back up after like the adult conversation, we all gather in the living room and pray. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of the stuff that's been brought up, we just put before the Lord or our neighbors we place before the Lord and we ask him to work in these things. Yeah. And we uh we pray for his work of you know, healing and reconciliation and mm-hmm. And for our participation in that and cooperation with that. And uh, I just think it's more important than anything else. I think our children need to see us yeah. praying. Yeah. And at some point, join in. At some you point, know? and join yeah. in. But I don't think, uh, I don't know. I think our children need the life of prayer and the invitation of God to mm-hmm. work in our lives. They need to see it and see it often and see how God works. We're hungering for an encounter with the living God in the midst of the secularity that's driving our school systems and Mm -hmm. our cultures. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So that's why these spaces of conversation are so important. I agree. By the way, I don't don't pray uh, in in the bar. I believe I should be ready to pray for somebody, but I don't force prayer on people. Yeah, no. Like... Uh, when a, a, a huge issue comes up with somebody who's struggling in their lives, 
I'll say something like, man, I'd be more than willing to pray for you on that. Yeah. And they go, would you pray for me uh, right here? Uh, no, I'm not comfortable. Okay, I'll go home and pray. Yeah, 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 yeah. But prayer is is something, you know, You know, in Luke chapter 10, he says, cure the sick and then proclaim the kingdom of God. Right. Prayer, inviting God to work in somebody's life, is the preparation for them to be invited into the yes. kingdom. Yes, yes. I always, I always ask people, I can pray for you here. I can pray for you later. What, you know? Whatever you want. So I, I've I've had people ask me to pray for them in the bar. Really? And they find out, and they find out that I'm a Christian or a pastor. I've had it happen twice ever. You uh, know, I was uh, sitting uh, in the Memorial Day parade. Uh huh. And uh, somebody asked me to pray for them. I was sitting in lawn chairs right there. Yeah. Yeah. So so people are hungering for prayer. They are. Hmm. All right, so that's, uh, in summary, uh, the practice of conversations, or let's call yeah. it the rule of Paul, uh, is invocation, uh, listening, discerning, and then kingdom prayer. And you know what? I can give you this slide. You can put it on the show Pop notes. it in there. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Well, uh, we had a good conversation about conversation. Hey, uh are you always this witty at uh, six o'clock in the morning? You know what? Uh, my wife got me up early this morning and we went to the gym. So I feel like I, you know, <laughs> I, I've been awake for a while. So <laughs> Your wife got you to the gym. Well, that's just one of the many multitude yes. of blessings that grace is to you. She Amen. got you to the gym. Yes, many blessings. Folks, it's been great to be with you again at Theology on Mission podcast. If you have it in your heart to give us a review, a yeah, positive we, one. We need some we need some new reviews. It's been a while. Yeah, we need some help here, folks, because the last couple of reviews have been calling us Marxist. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. Uh, sorry. We need, some, we need some better reviews than we've been getting, evidently. So we sure would appreciate that. And uh, do we have any announcements about what's on the Northern uh, Seminary calendar? I don't know. Uh uh, maybe. I don't okay, know. we don't. <laughs> uh, but anyways, folks, it's a pleasure being with you. And, uh, you know, yes. we're always trying to produce two podcasts a month. So look for us in your podcast. Uh, what do you call it? Feed. Feed. Yeah. And uh, we'll be back as regular as possible. But until then, it's uh, over and out. Dave Fitch and Mike Boring. See you next time.